Wicked. Allie, welcome to the show. Hi. Awesome. I appreciate you coming. Thanks for having me. Wicked. So for everyone watching, just so you know, my interaction first time today with Allie was, um, it was rather eventful. Do you want to tell them from your perspective? <laughs> uh, well, I get a text message saying what lot to park in and that I should be fine and not get a ticket there and to park behind, or sorry, beside Glenn's car. And I messaged him as to whether or not it was the car with the ticket on it. And so <laughs> that was an interesting encounter. Super embarrassing <laughs> on my part. Needless like, to say, I wait, didn't what? buy a ticket. <laughs> I read, I ran, sorry. I ran real fast once I read that. <laughs> that was incredible. So anyways, yeah. Well, so you just came from work, right? Yes. Yeah, wicked. So you work at, you just finished coaching gymnastics. Yes. Right? So, but what were you, you said during the summer it's less but you start off your day teaching at Cambrian. Yeah. And then you went from that to coaching gymnastics. And then thankfully here <laughs> on the podcast, so I appreciate that. But how do you like manage your time specifically? Like when do you breathe and stuff? When do you eat? How do you manage like your hobbies, relationships, stuff like that? Um, it really just comes down to being very disciplined. I think um, like organization is, a personal thing like some people are very organized other people aren't um, most of my life is very organized <laughs> there's obviously things that aren't um, and things start to slack but uh, I think if you're disciplined enough to want something then you'll work for it right and right. I like I currently have four jobs um, between <laughs> I have two at Cambrian um, so I have two there and then I coach gymnastics and I tutor as well um, so between that, it is a lot of time management and it's a lot of really long days. Uh, but I mean, it just comes down to, you know, I really like all of them and right. exactly. Right. And mm. I, I fully have the range to let one of them go if I want to, or mm. a few of them go, but I really just don't want to, I really enjoy what I do and it's not work at that point. Um, so those long days, yes, I'm tired at the end of them, but mm. they really don't feel that um, you know, crazy yeah. at some point. It sounds crazier than it is. Um, but I mean, really, I enjoy doing it. So it just comes down to whether or not you're disciplined enough to stick to a schedule. Right. But, yeah, nice. So what two jobs do you at Cambridge? Uh, I teach English there, and then I also do academic advising. Nice. So it's like guidance counseling. Okay. So with the teach stuff, are you also French immersion? Uh, it's, I did French immersion through High school, okay, um, right. I took French in university. Okay. Uh, I only teach English at Cambrian. Hmm. Um, I've coached a little bit in French. I, I mean, don't use it as much as I want right. to. Um, but I, like, Cambrian is a, a English college. Okay. So, yeah, I, I only teach English and, like, grammar and structure okay, there. Nice. You teach it to college students? Yes. Yeah, right. yeah, so Makes 17 sense. plus. Um, I have a lot of international students that I work with as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, because there's a big demographic, um, from mainly okay. from India, uh, but there's quite a few other locations that we have students from. Nice. Um, so I have like this past semester, I had a class of thirty, and I had three domestic students. So the rest of them were international. So wow. you learn really. That's quickly. pretty cool. Yeah, I've learned a lot about different cultures. Um, you learn, you know, what strategies work. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, their schooling system was a lot different than right. we have in Canada, so you kind of have to, you know, 
learn pretty quickly and adjust to what mm -hmm. works for them. So would you say then you have a standard set of strategies that you work and you just apply it differently to each student? Yeah, I mean, as a teacher, like you're always gonna have things you need to cover right. um, and different, I guess, like objectives that you wanna follow and mm -hmm. whatnot, uh, but you kind of branch out depending on what works. Like you'll have classes that one, you're teaching the same lesson and right. one way of teaching it's gonna work and then you try the same thing and it doesn't work for the next okay. class, right? So it just cool. depends on um, how you can kind of adjust to that, I guess. Sure. Can you give me an example of like a specific strategy you use? I don't know if it's like a learning style or uh, how you'd approach certain students. I'm curious in terms about of like teaching or? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, like I taught students in the trades area and I also taught students in the business area in the same semester. So it was the same course, okay. same semester. Um, but because of the nature of like trades, uh, they're very hands-on, right. right? So we did a lot of like class discussions and a lot of you know workshops and like peer editing and things right. like that, and that seemed to work really well for mm -hmm. yeah, those cool. students. Um, but then taking it over to like the students that are in business, they're very much um, they they really like to work independently. Right. So they could sit through a lecture and then just like talk to the person beside them rather than having a whole discussion about it. Okay. Um, so it just it was the same lesson, just two different approaches in that sense, right? Nice. Where you kind of have to adjust to the students and right. um, how they you know learn best essentially. Right. right. So with all the uh, tradespeople, you find it's best like say like kinesthetic style learning and yeah, stuff, or more yeah. doing to understand. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, it doesn't always like fall into that. Even, right. you know, there are students that are maybe in trades but can learn through lecture base. Um, but I find a lot of it had to be very hands-on, um, you know, workshops and different ways to get them interacting with the lessons. Mm -hmm. um, we did like surveys, so they had to create their own surveys and then go around the classroom and like take those surveys to right. their classmates and stuff. Whereas uh, the students that are used to working very much on their own or behind desks, things like that. So like mm -hmm. IT, anything like that where they have to do things alone, right. they were fine learning just through lectures, okay. right? So it was the same lesson essentially, but different approaches. Nice. So I learned a lot, like especially um, that one year when I had both in the same semester, because you learn pretty quickly that, you know, the same approach doesn't work for all students and okay. all areas and that was actually my first year teaching um, at the college which was interesting mm -hmm. so you know I'm not only new from teachers college but also yeah. learning really quickly on kind of what strategies work and they're adults right they're not kids you right. can't boss them around in a sense yeah and, true you can't just manipulate them <laughs> exactly, so easily yeah tell them you know what they need to do they have yeah. to be able to figure it out for themselves right it's kind of just like less like directing more like guiding yeah exactly okay. exactly Cool. How did that like that job take place? Because you mentioned on the walk into the like into the studio <laughs> about um, you said you're doing your masters, which we'll get to that. Don't worry. Um, so you're doing your masters so you can teach in colleges. Is that so you can teach, teach full time? In oh, in universities. Yeah. Okay, so colleges you can just yeah. Work. So okay. yeah. So to teach oh. in the college, okay, I didn't cool. need a bachelor of education. Um, it didn't ask for it. They want a lot of field experience. 
Okay, um, so that having my Bachelor of Education meant that I had five years of teaching experience already. Oh, that's how they do it? They yeah. kind of like match it? Yeah, so so taking, I, I did my um, Teachers College at Laurentian actually, so nice. we did placements from second year on, um, and so I already had that experience, but it wasn't, uh, you know, I hadn't been working with the school board for yeah. 10 years or whatever. Sure. Uh, but I did have a bachelor of education when I graduated okay. and so cool. when I applied for Cambrian I really just applied for like the experience of getting right. an interview with a college stream okay. um, I honestly didn't think anything of you know having a chance because I knew who I was up against and mm -hmm. the seniority that people had and whatever mm -hmm. um, but I mean I also had a lot of teaching experience and so when you, we had to do a mock like teaching lesson when we did the interview. Okay, cool. um, so I had to come up with a lesson and teach the interviewees basically, yeah. or the interviewers. Um, and so I think having the experience of being in the classroom from you know day one of university was really, or it helped me um, yeah. get that position. So it didn't ask for a Bachelor of Education, but having it definitely right. helped and I think got me that position. Nice. Um, but any universities, for the most part, you need a master's or most of the mask for a doctorate, which you can't get without the master's. Um, so I'm essentially doing that to, you know, have the opportunity to teach in a university um, or even, you know, get, essentially just get the knowledge that that will teach me, right? Yeah. And having that master's under my belt won't hurt anything. No, not at all. Um, and so I've really learned a lot in that. Uh, but even if, you know, nothing comes of it or I don't end up at a university, mm -hmm. it's still something that I had wanted to do for a while right. and I finally got the opportunity to, so. That's pretty cool. Do you see, like, do you foresee yourself taking the next step in, like, getting your PhD? Yeah, the, yeah. the program that I'm taking through Western, um, there's, like, an option. So once I graduate from the master's, they have a three-year, uh, doctor of education nice. that I'd be definitely be interested in it's just it comes down to money and time as well right so yeah, I yeah can so only, <laughs> it always comes down to <laughs> yeah. money, money and time <laughs> so <laughs> I can make that work uh, yeah. I definitely would love to have a doctorate um, hopefully in the cool. near future yeah, yeah but uh, so that's part of the reason I chose Western too was because they had that program that carried into okay, it. Right, it just creates that opportunity for you. Yeah, exactly. That's really sweet. And that's online course you're taking? Yes, it's all through online, yeah. Which again goes to the discipline, right? Where a lot of people can't learn online. Super difficult. Yes. It's like, oh, discussion board, no thanks. Yeah, well that's, that's exactly what it is, yeah, right? And true. it's come down to it where, you know, they essentially, they upload the assignments or whatever you need to do and you have to have them in for a certain date. There's nobody, you know, chasing you for them. Um, yeah. It's not like being in class where you can ask the professor questions and you get an answer right away, right? You have to rely on email if you have questions or yeah. other classmates that are online and things, right? Yeah. So it is definitely not for everybody to learn yeah. online. Yeah. Um, I haven't had an issue with it, but nice. it's, I've, yeah, it's one of those like you need to be very disciplined right. to do. So what, speaking of which, so do you then just manage your time? Like, okay, you block off like a chunk of time once or twice a week to do the online stuff? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, like, if I know I have an assignment coming up or whatever, like, I finished one of my assignments yesterday. Right. I nice. just, like, Congrats. You know, thanks. <laughs> I have another one due on Wednesday. So, oh. that'll be okay. what I'm doing when I get home. Nice. Um, but working on, you know, assignments as soon as you find the time, like, it's essentially it came down to my free time or spare time is doing other things that need to get done right. right so i don't you know spend a lot of time like 
watching TV or whatever. If I do, I'm probably on the computer at the same at the same time, yeah. right? You have yeah. Grey's Anatomy playing yeah. while you're doing your research. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Been exactly. there. Yeah. Been there. So, <laughs> so that's kind of what it comes okay. down to is my free time is not the same as what other people right. consider. Free you don't time. just get six hours to lie down. No, exactly. Like, yeah. Wish. That'd be fun. Okay. Yeah. Cool. How do you stay? Okay. How do you stay motivated through all of that? Because some people are listening or watching probably like, how does she do that? Like it's like, oh, I'm struggling with just this, this, this. It's like I got double that. So. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, it comes back to self-discipline, really. Um, being, have or having been a gymnast basically my whole life, um, it does. You know, it's a lot about discipline and. Um, you know, essentially going through what needs to get done and how you're going to get it accomplished. Um, and that's always been, you know, ingrained in me from day one in the sport of right. uh, if you really have a goal, you have to work for it, right? And if you don't work for it, then you're back at square one. Right. So I think just the motivation aspect comes from knowing what my end goal is yeah. um, and knowing what needs to happen to get there. Um, I've been lucky enough to, you know, have really good grades and um, even through masters and stuff I've kept those grades. So, but that, again, I was, you know, I knew that I didn't want them to drop and so I did everything that I could to keep them where keep they were. Yeah, whereas some nice. people, again, like you said, are, if I can get it done, then I'm in the clear, right? But yeah. that's not how I think and that's never been how I think. Right. It's like you want them done well. Exactly. Right. There's no yeah. just, okay, yeah. oh, and we're Exactly. And even having like the education perspective, I know what I expect from my students, so I don't know why I would give anything less. Right. It's that, that almost right? that leading by example. Yeah. To your, like, inside. That's like a leading by example. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So, I'm going to have a fun question for you now, because I was <laughs> thinking about it. I was like, oh, trampoline, like gymnastics. Okay. Question for you. Can you, yes or no, backflip? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to cut to a video <laughs> in the edits of uh, Ali backflipping for us. So, uh, that was pretty cool, eh? Wait, <laughs> yeah. so, awesome. Um, sweet, so that's a hard yes. <laughs> yes, I can. I can Sick. show you some, I'll take some videos when I'm at work tomorrow for you. <laughs> yeah, but I'm good. What are you gonna do? I'm just gonna go to work, serve some stuff, write some uh, stuff down. I'm gonna go back. Flip. I do the so, aerial uh, silks too. I can send you some. Yeah, please. Oh, it's, it's gonna be sick. <laughs> Lots of bruises though. Yeah. Yeah. Can you like? Do you teach people like how to backflip, like progression? Because that's like a life goal of mine, and I don't know yes, Your brother actually that. has come into gym zone, and I have taught him how to flip. Like how to front so, flip? How to, how to front flip? Front I flip? don't okay, remember nice. if he did backflips, but I will teach okay. him that too if he wants to learn. Right. Um, Sick. Yeah. Shout out, Neil. Yeah, that's that's actually <laughs> like the first place I didn't even realize that he was your brother actually, but uh, or Rob's son even. Yeah. But it's uh, a weird. Uh, yeah, family connection. <laughs> Um, but yes, I have taught him, and there's lots of different progressions of like nice. how to learn how to flip, and that's essentially what we go through when we okay. coach, right? So how do you coach the fear of? Because I can backflip on a trampoline, because I like I'm like okay, whatever. I'm convinced I can get high enough. But how do you coach that initial like fear of going backwards? Because anyone can go forwards. It feels like I don't know. Yeah, it I mean, feels safer going forward. It's a lot of. It depends on the level, um, and you know whether it's for fun or for part of the sport, right? Right. Um, 
But it does, it comes down to whether or not you're going to go. If you have mental blocks, then there's nothing anybody else can do. Right, you, you have to get through it. Yeah, it. yeah. And so okay. I know with our athletes okay. too, like we've we face that quite a few times, and it comes down to, like, we'll have them journal or we'll have them, you know, find things that maybe thinking about the skill is what's making them anxious. So we'll have them like listening to music before they go or something like that. Interesting. Yeah, where it kind of takes their mind off of it, right? right. But so you teach people how to backflip and I'm gonna learn. <laughs> so <laughs> I really, so I just like go in for like a private lesson or would I like go? Yeah, we have adult drop-in too though. That's probably the, like that's also the, the best route that we recommend for the most okay. part because you can just like, you're free reign of the whole equipment. Nice. Um, but you come in, there's like only adults in the gym at that point. Um, the coaches are there just kind of supervising, but we'll try to help sense. who we yeah. can um, and give you like different drills to do and stuff. And cool. that usually, nice. yeah. I mean, it depends. People learn really quickly and other people don't. Oh, um, I'm so but, excited. Yeah, but, oh. <laughs> I can help teach you how to flip. So excited. Because I tried like, excuse me, I watched like, a couple of YouTube videos like a year ago when I was living in Ottawa and we had this giant park across the street. So I was like, oh man, I could put like three soccer fields wide and then a baseball down in like, you know, kids little park enclosed in a bit. Yeah. And um, I was like, okay, if I go there, like you go backwards, put your foot down or like your hand down, you go, you have to like practice bridging back. And I was like trying these like little progressions, right? It's a YouTube video, yeah. so it's not as professional, but it's somewhere to start. And so I was like, oh, I can do this, cool. And then I could front handspring. I can't, the back part back other than the trampoline yeah it gets me yeah and front skills are actually blind landing so even though they're they're easier to start because you can see where you're going landing is actually a blind landing which people like once you do the skill you kind of understand it but yeah. when you're coming out of a front flip you don't know where your feet are landing which is why a lot of people will over rotate mm -hmm. whereas a back flip you can actually see your landing you don't know where you are taking off right, right? which is why we try to train like head position and things okay um but it's not a blind landing right. so like you'll you'll see a lot of those skills are easier to pick up once you start doing them like a standing yeah. back flip is easier than a standing front flip just because front you're going downwards and back you're actually lifting your body if you can do it properly okay yeah because i think for sure i'm athletic athletic enough i'm trying not to sound arrogant about it but no i definitely feel i'm like athletic enough skill as to manage the yeah, jump sure. and stuff no, no, and yeah come to drop it and we'll definitely like whether it's me or some of the other coaches like we'll run you through some of the progressions and we'll get you back because <laughs> trampoline it's like oh let's just go but yeah. it's, it's that like fear of i just don't want to snap my neck no and that's literally of the course fear right i can understand right. that yeah, so there's all these progressions that we do and teaching how to fall and, you know, things like that. So. I'm so excited. I, yeah, Damn. I'd rather people come to, you know, gymnastics places to learn these right. things anyway, rather yeah. than doing things on their own. Right, because then especially so. if something happens. Yeah, and we know like you how know to, what to do. Yeah, exactly, right. right? Like how to essentially train you into doing that skill properly. Right. Right, so. Sick. I'm <laughs> excited. So, when do these adult drop-ins happen? Uh, in the summer, right now, it's mm -hmm. Wednesday from 7 to 8, and then during the year, I'm not sure what the day is, but I can get back to you, because it okay. changes yeah, please, during we'll the year. Touch about that. I think it's like Mondays, 8.30 to 9.30. Okay. That's what it was that. last year. Sweet. Yeah, so it's a little bit later, but um, it's only adults in the gym, it's supervised by the coaches that are there, nice. and then we can walk around and kind of help you. So excited. Because <laughs> I can just picture me like... <laughs> like um, for in like in front of my opponent or next to my opponent at a jiu-jitsu tournament 
and like they're waiting here, I'm waiting here, the time table's <laughs> here, the mat's here. I look over at him, drop a backflip, walk out on the mat, bow to him, good luck. Like, oh, that'd be so, so good. So you're coming on Wednesday then, right? <laughs> this Wednesday? Yeah, this yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, I'll, I'll be try. there. I'll try if I get, uh, if I get back from uh, the <laughs> island soon enough, because I'm going on like a day trip with one of my buddies. Oh, cool. So I'm like trying to get that done, but then I got to I would typically train that night, that's so why I was like, ah. But... <laughs> That's yeah, we're doing the year it's on Mondays. Okay. I believe it was that. last year, so I can get back to you, but it's Sweet. probably the same. Okay, so that's for summer then. Yes, so that's summer. So it'll change in September. Nice, this is my favorite podcast so far. This is awesome. <laughs> yes, <win>. So excited. <laughs> so, how did your gymnastics coaching career then get on, like get started? Um, I trained in Toronto, Okay. Georgetown, which is where I grew up. Um, I started coaching, I think I was about 11, so I've been coaching for a decade and a half now, which sounds crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so my entire <laughs> life essentially has revolved around the sport. I started gymnastics when I was three, um, and then from there, like, I was already in the gym, and my coach had me working with him uh, to coach, and then from there I was given, like, my own class, and just kind of kept going, and okay. the good thing with that is, like, you get, there's all these certifications that you need to get, um, to have different levels of coaching, right. um, and so I got, you know, essentially they were, I got them started when I was in my old club, um, and then when, wherever you go, they stick with you, right, so as long True. as you're in Toronto, like, I got, or, sorry, Ontario, I got them all in Ontario, um, so they're valid anywhere in Ontario. Nice. So I could coach wherever I wanted. So when I moved to Sudbury, um, I had those under my belt and I right. essentially just, um, you know, was coaching high school gymnastics and then I got on with gym zone as well. Um, and I coached Sudbury Laurels, which is the competitive side too. Nice. So from there, it's just kind of, I like that once you have them, you know, as long as you stick with the sport and stuff, they can essentially carry with you anywhere. Mm. Um, so. It got started from my old club, but I've definitely grown and like learned a lot from mm -hmm. the club that I'm at now. Sweet. Um, and so, and it's something that I really don't see myself stopping anytime soon. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, like life gets in the way sometimes, but I think I'd always be involved in the sport yeah. in some way. So nice. You're so far in it now, might as yeah. As well, nice. Yeah. So, on that one, then you had an athlete medal at Canadian Championships, yes, correct? Yes, I did. So when I was reading about that, my biggest curiosity that came up was how do you what's the process like to prepare the athlete for that level of competition <laughs> this i'm really intrigued about because it's a little like they get there but then it's like all right everyone's that that good yeah yeah so i mean it does come down a lot to like i said the athlete's mental capacity mm -hmm. um not everybody can be a national athlete even if you have the talent to Right. It doesn't mean that you have the mental uh, strength to do that. Right. And I was lucky enough that I, I have an athlete that, you know, could um, could essentially, I don't know, go through all of that without, you know, anxiety and things. I'm sure he was really nervous. Oh, for sure. Um, but we didn't really have a lot of like not wanting to be there or, okay, right. um, you know, nerves in terms of I can't do this or I'm not good enough. There's none of that, which, right. I mean, you, you go in expecting that, right? Because like you said, you see everybody who's just that good. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, as long as you have the discipline and you know that you're prepared, that's, you know, half the battle right there True. is knowing that you've worked for this. 
Um, and he went in confident and we, you know, you have goals in place. Um, he managed to obviously exceed those goals. Um, yeah. But having those goals and making sure that he knew he was prepared for that was half the battle, right? Where as much as I can tell him, he can, you know, you can do you it. Got it. Exactly. Yeah, he's got to believe it. He has to believe it. Yeah. yeah and true. I think we had a rough season when he had some injuries um, just from like growth spurts and stuff. Right. Mm. So yeah, so it was tough. That age. <laughs> exactly. It was tough. So he got through a lot. He worked really hard to mm. get back and he came back stronger than ever. Um, and definitely exceeded, I, I think his own expectations even. Um, and he ended up getting third at third. Canadian championships and then he competed for team Ontario yeah. as well and got first. Nice. So right. yeah, so that was, I mean, it was a lot, you know, it was very successful. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot more of an experience or a lot better of an experience than he even thought, right? right. Because um, he was expecting to learn lots, but I don't know if he thought it would be, you know, that exciting. And sure. um, okay. I know he was nervous going in, but he was able to push through it. And, right. you know, so that, that was really, really exciting. Sure. That's pretty cool. So then, do you guys like, so the no like mental coaching is fine. It's already like, he's already got it. But in terms of like, do you pr like, do you talk over with them? Like, do you sit down at the beginning of it and go like, say you got three months to go be like, Hey man, during these three months, we're going to go the first month. It's going to be like conditioning for it. Then the next or technique. And then the next month is going to be conditioning. And the next week it's just going to be like sharpening it. Yeah. Or so there's a whole plan in place, right? So when you get athletes, especially that caliber, like sure. you have those yearly tra training plans. Um, so we kind of knew where we wanted him to be, um, you know, at certain points in the year. Unfortunately, that kind of got backtracked a little bit just based on how he could train. Um, so then you just kind of, you go back and reevaluate, right? Um, I've also had athletes that did have mental blocks a lot of the year and we had to, you know, essentially work through those mm -hmm. too. Um, so for this particular athlete, he didn't need that kind of mental um, coaching essentially, but I have had a lot that did, right? And, and so it just depends on the athlete themselves and what they can push through. Um, so, you know, we sit down and we discuss what his goals were going forward. Uh, now that he's, you know, gotten this year under his belt, we have new goals for next season, competing even these skill, these passes better than they were this season. Um, so it's essentially, you're going to have a different plan for every athlete, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they have to feel prepared. Um, they have to agree with that plan as well, right? Because as much as I can say, I want you to have the skill by this date, if he doesn't think he's ready, then he's not going to go for it. Right. right? So that's like anything. Um, yeah. So it just, it takes a lot of, you know, planning and being on the same page, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was his first nationals, it was my first nationals. Um, so being his coach was really, or for tumbling, um, is like, I mean, that sport itself was new to me as well this year, so that yeah. was really interesting. Um, definitely learned a lot there too, but so I'm, you know, learning as I go as yeah. well um, and, you know, trying to get into the, the level that he needs to be and it, you know, we both exceeded our own expectations, which is really awesome. Congrats both of you. Thank you. <laughs> so what's a, uh, you mentioned the term passes? Um, pass? In tumbling, it's like the skills, you put skills in a row. Okay. Um, and okay. so it's called a pass because you start from like this point and you end up over here. Okay, so it's cool. just a straight line of skills. Yeah. Um, gymnastics is different. So gymnastics has like the bars, <coughs> beam, vault, floor, and then there's also trampoline. Right. So trampoline and tumbling are, so T and T, 
um, are the one discipline and then artistic, so women's artistic and men's mm -hmm. artistic or wag and meg are the two different disciplines. Um, so usually they're like championships and stuff are combined, but sometimes they're separate. Mm -hmm. So like this athlete is only tumbling. Um, I have other athletes that are only artistic and then there's some that do both. Right. Um, so it just okay. depends on what they're interested in. Yeah. Cool. So let's backpedal then. Um, I'm curious what, cause you've done a lot and you texted me a while back about how when I told you what the name of the show was, I said, wow, I haven't been in high school for 27 years or how, like, <laughs> probably like five, five or seven. Um, so what, but hopefully you remember, what was your transition like from high school to university, more particularly the choices that took you through that process, like why you wanted to go to Laurentia and why you wanted to take the select program? Um, so I did Con Ed or Concurrent Education that program is only offered at certain universities. Um, I had applied to and gotten into other ones, but the closest to me was Guelph, um, which didn't offer concurrent education. So I was going to end up taking whatever degree I wanted on top of having to go to a teacher's college somewhere else. Um, so then it, was, it came down to that, or do I go to a school that has teacher's college built in, I can do everything in five years which then I made that decision that I wanted to do. Um, then it came down to essentially location as well. Like I had, um, you know, you apply to everywhere that you kind of want to go and you see from there what your top choices were. And I was lucky enough to get into um, Laurentian. Well, I got into my top choices, but Laurentian was kind of on the top of my list based on the fact that I had family that was living here. Nice. Um, so I knew that even though it was five hours away from home, it was still, if I did end up getting homesick or anything, sure. then I had people I could lean on. Right. Um, and you know, they, my aunts and uncles always invited me for dinners and things like that. So it made that transition a lot easier. So I was lucky in that case. Right. A lot of people don't have that. No. Um, but for me, Laurentian was smaller. I got more money for scholarships as well because it was smaller. Um, and so I was able to essentially use that towards my education as well, right? right. So uh, from there, I had the program I wanted. Um, I had family here, which made it a little bit easier. I'd been traveling yeah. up to Sudbury my entire life, so I knew the area. It wasn't like a complete, you know, switch, um, which I got lucky in that sense. But that kind of helped, I think, my transition in a sense where I knew that I had people that I could rely on, even if I didn't know anybody in Sudbury at that True. point, or at Laurentian at that point, I still knew all my aunts and uncles and family yeah. in Sudbury. Right, so that helped me. Um, I didn't really need, like, obviously it was great that they were there and I saw them um, as much as I could, but it wasn't, I never felt like I wanted to go home in yeah. a sense. I didn't feel like I didn't belong up here yeah. and I kind of, you know, I graduated um, both programs, so 2014 and 2015, and I ended up getting on with Cambrian right away and I'm, I've stayed, right? So this will, 2020 will be my 10th year in Sudbury. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So it's okay. been a while. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, so nice. I graduated high school in 2010, which is why I was like, I haven't, I don't even know if I remember high school, but. <laughs> when did I graduate? I graduated 2014. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. I'm old too. I mean, it feels. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, you said, and I was like, oh, I feel like I graduated like last week. That's mm -hmm. why. I don't know why that I is. I feel like you graduated or... university. Mm -hmm. Not too long ago, but this will be five years. So I mean, 
like, mom, that's not too yeah. bad. But it was still, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. even that, I remember, like I said, walking in here, this whole place is completely different. Yeah. But they only renovated it a year ago. Right. Right? But I haven't been here for at least four years. Right. I've been on campus and stuff, but never, yeah. like, in the building. So, right. yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's a weird feeling. <laughs> Do you think that coaching and going through all that stuff, maybe, like, during university or prior to, do you think that like kind of guided where what you wanted to do with teaching? Yeah, I think working, I'd always worked with kids because I've been coaching for so long. True. Um, so I think having that experience um, definitely kind of cemented the fact that I wanted to do teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously there's other streams that you want to go and um, I really liked psychology as well. So I think even studying that, I took a little bit of psych courses in university. Um, but I think I would have gone into counseling or something like that if I could, mm-hmm. right? But I also wanted to do the teaching and I and I really enjoyed helping people and being a leader in that sense. Um, so it just kind of, I think working with kids definitely helped me understand that I wanted to be a teacher. Teaching in post-secondary was not an area that I expected to be in, at mm-hmm. least this early. Um, like I said, I had done the interview just for experience, yeah. knowing that eventually I might want to get yeah. into it. Um, but I just, it's kind of where I ended up in that case. And I still get to work with, um, with youth and whatnot through the coaching, but I'm more, you know, guiding adults now, which is an interesting path as well. Um, and then the academic advising also gives me like the perspective of, you know, stressed out students and things like that. Yeah, that you don't true. necessarily see as, as a teacher, mm-hmm. right? Cause you know that they're stressed and whatever, but they don't come to you with, you know, those other problems and whatever. So yeah. it's really interesting um, to see both sides of that so I can see uh, what they're struggling with, but then mm-hmm. also how we can make a plan to move forward in their academics too. So. Right, so you find you get, so nice. You just get like a mix of different people and then yeah. you just take whatever experience. Yeah, exactly. Like. And because I have the experience working with kids as well, so I get to, you know, work with them on the side for coaching and mm-hmm. then I do my other job working with adults. So mm-hmm. it's, I kind of get, all perspectives which is really cool what advice would you offer any uh, students um, Jillian this one's for you um, this <laughs> question for you uh, so what advice would you offer any students in concurrent ed who are like beginning or almost midway roughly in midway who like what advice would you give them <laughs> in the program yeah 100%. Um, there's a lot of work involved so I think just being able to stick with it because the longer you leave that work, the more it piles up and then the more stressed out you get. Um, It's definitely worth it. In the end, I know it gets stressful, um, but you see the lives of some of the kids that you work with and um, even some of the the people that you encounter throughout the process and you you realize how much of a difference you actually make. Um, It's hard to see that from the inside, but you you step back and, and you realize that you are actually helping these kids. Um, and even, essentially, you're going to learn and be better yourself, too. Right. Um, and so, you know, I've heard, even through the grapevine of different, you know, other staff that I work with being like, oh, I've heard that you're a really good prof, or, you know, your students really like you, or you're really nice. supportive of them. And That's I don't see that, you know, what I, like, they yeah. don't come to me and tell me that. The students aren't telling me that, yeah. but they're telling other people that. And mm-hmm. that, I think, meant more hearing that from other people, that that word is getting around. Yeah than them coming up to exactly right like it's good to hear those that you're making a difference and and whatnot but even like i had um students that 
were you know not confident in their well I can only speak for English but like not confident in their writing or whatever and then they go on to be leaders in different school programs right. and um, you know they go into these business programs and whatever and they're they're giving presentations all the time and it's having if I didn't go through Concurrent I think I wouldn't have had the same experiences um, or the confidence to teach even at a university level all right. half my students are older than me Right, and gaining that respect is is tough. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's and I don't look as old as I am either. <coughs> no, so true. Walking so you told me I was like class, actually like probably 24, 25. Yeah. 25. <laughs> no. Yeah. So when I walk into the classroom like the first day, right, and I walk to the front of the class instead of going to sit mm-hmm. down, people kind of look at me. Uh, yeah. Madame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, miss. But, yeah. So I mean not doing con ed would not have given me the confidence to be able to stand up there in front of all those people mm-hmm. and essentially you know get gain their respect mm-hmm. um but i think from a student perspective it's a lot of work um, yeah. it's a lot of planning it's a lot of time a lot of you know traveling if you're in different areas of the community for placements and whatnot mm-hmm. um but it's definitely worth it and i would you know do as much as you can to stay on top of the work because it will pile up um, but take a step back and kind of realize the the amount of impact you actually have. Yeah. What was your placement like? Where'd you do it? Uh, I did St. David's and St. Ben's. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's four placements. <laughs> I ended up getting lucky enough to be at the same school twice for each, which nice. was really cool. Um, so I did St. David's for the, I was in grade six, I think. I believe it was six there. And then St. Ben's, I did seven, eight. So say, is St. David's the... The one seven, then. Okay, so it is a different one, right? St. Yes. Ben's does just offer that seven, eight, and then... Yeah, St. Ben's is seven, eight, and then high school. So I worked a little bit with the grade nines, um, but then I did mostly the elementary side of it. Cool. Um, and then I did grade six, like four to six, really, in, in St. David's. Um, but I was at both schools twice, so I got really lucky there, and I got to make those connections with... Um, with the teachers that I was working with yeah. and you know I still see some of them now and get resources from them and whatever too. Nice. So. so do you have any like, what advice would you offer people who are in that stage of either not choosing a placement but to go through and make the most of your placement? I think it's trusting your education and okay. the point. Um, there's a lot of times when we're not sure that what we learned is going to be useful or the ideas that we have yeah. are gonna actually work. Um, a lot of it is trial and error, to be honest. It's, you know, obviously you're not setting your students up for failure, yeah. but if something doesn't work, learn from that and, and figure out how to fix it. Right, don't just um, stop when something doesn't work. Exactly. Like just yeah. always learning from it. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And you can't, like I know, obviously I can understand, like there's a lot of students that need placements and stuff, so you don't usually have control over mm-hmm. where you go. Um, but make the best of what it is, right? right? Like um, okay. even having, like St. Ben's was a lot like the high school that I was in, um, like that stream. And so, you know, like uniforms and, and the Catholic stream and things like that. So a lot of it was very familiar to me. Right. St. Um, David's was like obviously the, the Catholic elementary side, um, but it was in the, like, a lot of those students had a lot of um, outside you know, troubles and stuff that you don't see it in certain schools. Um, and so I grew up and I was fortunate to grow up in a very uh, good family and, mm-hmm. you know, not have some of the, the same problems or, or issues in my family that a lot of these students were going through. 
uh, especially at such a young age. Yeah. So that was really, really tough to, to deal with, right? And you get students that, or kids that are, you know, grade six and want to be at school rather than going home. Um, and so, wow. yeah, which is something that I never had experienced, right? People preferring to be at school over home? Yeah, snow days, okay. they would come, to, they'd walk to school because they didn't want to be at home or, um, yeah, you know, and a lot of peer pressure that it really, like when I was in elementary school, we didn't have social media, even high school. Social no, media was not a thing. It's terrible right? right now. I would hate to yeah. be in high school now or even elementary yeah. now. Yeah, and so having all these kids have cell phones or iPods or whatever it is, yeah. and so they're not only involved in the social media world, they're yeah. being influenced by it. And it's and not it was hard good. to compete with. Yeah. yeah, right? So I think you don't have control over where you get placed or what your experiences you're going to have, right. but make the best out of them and learn from them, mm -hmm. right? Like having those students that would rather be with you than their own families was, you know, you learn a lot from that. It's, it's heartbreaking. It is, right? And it's heartbreaking and, and you don't know their stories, but no. you know, you come to, to learn about them and hopefully influence those yeah. kids in a way that is going to benefit them, mm -hmm. right? And so you can't control what it is you're going to experience or where right. you go, especially for placement, but making the most out of it is definitely something that I would recommend. Mm -hmm. Even though just backtracking to the social media part with the iPod, my eight-year-old nephew has an iPod, and then and then my ten-year-old nephew, ten-year-old, and my fourteen-year-old uh, niece who was twelve when she first like got Instagram. I'm like, that's not okay. Yeah. I don't understand how that manifests. Oh yeah, it's yeah. brutal. And I actually told her, <laughs> she was like, Glenn, why don't you follow me? And I was like, <laughs> she found out I don't. So I was like, well, I showed her my time. I was like, look, if there's a benefit to the content you're producing, I will follow you back. But if it's going to be photos of, like, and I'm trying to say this in the nicest, <laughs> most like constructive way, is if there's photos of just like, like new haircut, or like, mm, it's, it's like well. but if it's like, like other stuff and it's cool or if it's like hey like like or like just sharing other people's like meat like, i don't really <laughs> care it's not yeah. like oh that's a cool trip or like some posted photo from like their weekend and they went like fishing I'm like oh that's sick like where'd you go and stuff like that right yeah. it, it creates that like conversation yeah. yeah exactly yeah and that's what when i was in south america uh one of my uh my meet a wee trip facilitators shout out to you joe he was like big on like that's how you use social media mm -hmm. instead of this just like hey let's flood it with things nobody cares about mm -hmm. so that's kind of that's devastating <laughs> to know that they all have that yeah i didn't get facebook until like yeah high school yeah i was yeah probably like grade 12 right like that's what it even <coughs> had just come out kind yeah. of thing but and yeah. especially working with teenage girls like i see a lot of it on that end right so trying to like I was talking to a coach this weekend, actually, and it was more or less came down to the point where, you know, the athletes want to be in the gym, they want to do more training, you want to, you know, keep them there as much as you can, but you also want them to have a life. But when they're out in the real world, you don't know what they're doing, you don't know what they're up to, but right. when they're in the gym, you know exactly what they're doing, you know exactly who they're with, right? And so you can be there for them in that sense. Yeah. Um, and so it's just it comes down to there's so much out there and trying to influence um, positivity is really important um, and they're essentially like you said they're flooded with 
different images and pictures and like even in, in the sport of gymnastics a lot of you know there's there's body things that come with that because you are in, in suits and um, you know yeah. it's it's a really really tough sport to be in whether it's physical or mental mm -hmm. right um, and so to try to to get these girls you know confident in themselves essentially whether it's doing their tricks or yeah. you know how they look or, or can, how fit they I are can't even like, like come close to imagining that especially yeah. like the suits they wear and like how they feel and how other people they because what they see maybe a couple hours in a day maybe yeah and it depends on the groups right so but i'll see them for at least three to four hours a day okay. yeah that's well, a good chunk of time though yeah exactly right and, influence and, you them know, positively for that amount of time yeah and and like i said i try to be like lead in that sense as well right. like everything on my social media like i i do have yeah. a lot of them that follow me but it's all stuff that they're okay to see and it's yeah like not like party stuff yeah. yeah you want to be that good influence exactly stuff. Yeah, right? so so not sharing stuff like that is important because they're going to feed off of what i do essentially um and you know i've been a big advocate for keeping everything you know essentially clean in a sense and yeah. i use that lightly but um Absolutely. whatever you would like whatever you would want them to see right i'm not going to post stuff if if i right. think that, I sh that they shouldn't be looking at it mm -hmm. or whatever right and so it, it does it comes down to them being influenced by everything else so if i can prevent them from seeing one other thing that i'm gonna yeah. you know do that so but also using it in a way that like is you know encourages them to be confident in themselves exactly. and things yeah. like that right and i share a lot of like posts about them and how proud I am of them and nice. if they get new skills I'll share that on yeah, not only like our gym page but also on my own yeah right because, because I am Facebook first five things are all yeah gymnastics like, hey. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah all of it nice. exactly right so showing them that I'm also proud of what they've accomplished too right, right? so like you can tell them that all you want but yeah it's true. only you and them that know that right whereas when right. you you know you, you use that positively and yeah. you share that one of their own goals is like oh way to go bring it yeah. up to the family dinner you're the cool kid now <laughs> yeah. everything changes all because yeah of you. exactly and I'll, awesome. get, I'll get people coming up being like oh i saw your athlete do this like even with championships right, right? like you saw that on my social media so it was yeah. really cool yeah that was it, yeah. literally <laughs> oh wow yeah right so it was, it's really cool but even using that in a positive way right is important Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of like what I try to do is just, hey, here's a cool place I've been. This is like what it was. And like, I think to narrow it down even more, like encryption and all that stuff that's like, or scriptures sorry, on the posts you make is super crucial too. And it's either short and sweet, or if you want to elaborate and like share an idea or share a thought and stuff, or like mm -hmm. my specific thing, like, oh, if it's traveling or if it's training, everything else. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's like yeah. nobody, uh -huh. nobody really should see like the party stuff you're doing or like the yeah. the solic like all this yeah. negative stuff. And I, I actually run lessons with my class about what they should and should not have really? on social media. Yeah, because it's especially in, in college, right? You're training them to be professionals. True. And a lot of my students are business students, and the first thing employers will do is try to look you up yeah. online. Right, and so if your presence is there, and it's all you know stuff that they wouldn't approve of, or that gives them a bad name, mm -hmm. then why would they hire you, right? And and yeah, we go exactly. through people that have been hot, fired based on Facebook, or um, you know Google yourself and see what comes up. Even if you comment yeah. on 
like open pages and you make those comments if they're really negative, they show your up. profile might be private, but that comment is not, right. and your name's attached to it, yeah. right? And, and sometimes they just don't realize it, right? And yeah. so we actually have lessons and, um, you know, I have them look themselves up and see what comes up and yeah. things. And a lot of times it's cool because they'll get like old photos from sports or like they'll be in the paper or whatever, so they'll right. get those. Um, but it's, you know, it's one of those things that you do have to yeah. be cautious about for sure. Well, speaking of which, Let's play a fun game on that note. I'm gonna look us both up and see what comes up. I'm gonna Google us both. So, I had it on airplane mode, so that's probably too. All right, so, is it Allison you think that would show up, or is it Ali? Probably Ali. Okay. That's what I have all my that. social media stuff on. Okay, so there's Academic Advisor, LinkedIn, our team's gymnastics, ooh, YouTube, Instagram. Instagram, there we go. And connects directly to it. <laughs> Careful what you post. <laughs> now, this is where I'm nervous. Let's go myself. Glenn Young, Greg, Horace, here we go. Instagram, right away. LinkedIn, right away. Meddling at OFSA, <laughs> right away. Boom, Instagram, yeah. So be mindful, because in one Google search, they have access to terrifying all of it <laughs> and you don't usually think to do stuff like that right? <coughs> no so. not at all he's like oh go ahead like i like keeping mine public because i think i like i'll be honest i have a lot of cool stuff on there so i'm like you know what if you want to see it see it but yeah okay. yeah but even what people comment on it right right you can because you don't yeah. have any control over what they comment right you can but you can delete anything. them if yeah. they're not appropriate right or not starting like argument battles or anything like that, yeah. right? Because people will see those. Yeah. And... I don't respond to any comment. <laughs> and of course, like, you know, you can imagine what my little brother is, where he'll like, he'll comment on it. Like if it's a photo of me deadlifting, he's just like, and my, my like vision with that is like, oh, if I can lift this much weight, what's someone else's excuse? You know, just go for it, try, mm -hmm. right? Like, yo, those weights are, weights are fake. It's like, those look like frisbees and it's like, she's gonna like everyone. I'm like, thanks man, thanks for the portion of your day you spent sharing on my, uh, my journey, so. That sounds like something you would do, which is funny. So, speaking of him, in that case, um, I met you right after, so my dad introduced me to you, but it was right after, where it was at Porchetta Bingo. Yes. Right? Um, and... We're sitting there, I got a couple of my friends with me and little brother Neil. And he looks at me. So you walk by, he looks at me. I swear to God, is what he says. He's like, dude, I think that chick kicked me out of the gym zone one time. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, yeah, her right there. I think I know her. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, she kicked me out of gym zone. I was like, what? What'd you, what do you I've mean? I've never kicked anybody he's like, out. Me, she kicked me and Nick out of gym zone, bro. Of course, he's the type of person who exaggerate 90% of what he says. <laughs> So I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, Nick and I would just run in and just fuck around. I'm like, well, sounds about right. Like, I know both of you. But then, yeah, and then my dad was like, yeah, it's Alan. And he was like, oh, yeah, it definitely is her. But otherwise, that was how. Uh, I may have gotten mad at him for not respecting the rules. But right. I don't have any authority to kick them out. So I would not have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's hilarious. But. So, That's fun. question for you then, about that event, less so, but more dragon boating. How did you get 
into it because <laughs> it's like oh it doesn't seem like it ties into gymnastics or like teaching or anything no so i wrote like this whole story about it actually recently on my facebook page you probably i don't know if you saw it or not um saw a bit of it but, but over. so i worked for tutor doctor yes and they had a team yes. in okay. um probably three years ago now they had a team in so it was just like someone I worked with posted like hey we have a team like if anyone wants to join come on out whatever so I did it recreationally with them um, it was a lot of fun we had like three or four practices and then we raced and you know we thought we did really well we did do really really well we came in I think third or fourth or something oh, nice. um, yeah, in our category <laughs> excuse me in our category um, <coughs> but they didn't have a team the next year Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like, I was like, okay, whatever, I'll just won't do it this year. I'll wait to see if something really? else comes up. Um, but then I kept hearing the commercials on the radio uh, and I was like, oh, it's every Dragon Ball Festival. Like, I really want to do it again. Uh, so I just like posted on my Facebook being like, if anyone has a team, I can join. Like, I want to do it again. Uh, right. And then, um, someone that I work with at Gymzone actually was on your dad's team and said like, you can contact our coach. Like, here's his like contact or whatever. Um, so she gave me Ozzy's contact nice. um, and so he's like yeah for sure come up on this day like here's our practices whatever nice. so did that lots of fun joined that team um, so team aloe for that and then I like realized that I didn't know a lot of what I thought I knew so like the stroke was different and like yeah. everything you say was different and yeah, it was like all it. this thing right <laughs> so I learned a lot like even the first practice mm-hmm. um, and so then I was like getting complimented on like how much I had learned even from like that hour or two hours or whatever it was. Um, and then they were like, you know, there's, you can come out tomorrow cause they trained like Tuesday, Thursday was the competitive team. And then right. uh, the rec boat was on Wednesday. So I was there on the Wednesday. Um, and then they're like, well, you can come out tomorrow and try it like with our competitive team if you want. And I was like, oh, like, okay. Like not realizing how hardcore they were, right? So oh, I came out the next day. dangerous thing to do. Yes. <laughs> but because I'd been competitive athlete, like I, I didn't really it's think it was right? yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, I was competitive. I can hack this, right? So I went out on the next day with the team and our warm up uh-huh. was seven straight minutes of paddling, which I had done barely two full minutes of paddling, like the, the practice before. Oh. It was like crazy. So it was ridiculous. And I remember... Like for them, they've been training for months. So right, so this is their warm up. Yeah, yeah, it was their warm up. What's was, going for me, on? I was like, I haven't uh, done that ever in my entire life. Dad, what are you doing? <laughs> no, what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> so that was our warm up. And then, you know, we like, whatever, I got through that. We did like other stuff and our drills were crazy and whatnot. And I remember thinking like halfway through the practice, like I was literally, my arms were going to fall off and I thought I was going to die. But I thought, like, this is where it's so different from gymnastics, is it's a team sport, like, that's it, like, be all and all, it is a team sport. You have 21 other people in the boat with you. If you stop, you're carrying, you're, they're carrying you, yeah, essentially, right? Yeah, weakest limb style. Yeah, and so gymnastics is very much like, yes, you have to work together, you have to, the people that you train with yeah, are your team, but you compete individually. Yeah, so right? jiu-jitsu with me. Yeah, and so with this, it was like, if I stopped, then I'm letting them down. And I remember thinking, like, I don't have to come back to this practice. I can just do the rec boat and I'll be fine. 
but I cannot give up right now because there are 20 other people relying on me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that's honestly what got me through like the next little bit. Okay. And then I had made up my mind that I wasn't going to, I was only going to do the, the like rec side for a little bit, try it for the year, yeah. and then maybe go competitive the next year. I get out of the boat and like three of the coaches had told me how much I had improved and like how impressed they were with my endurance and like all this stuff. And I was like, okay, well, how am I quitting now then? Yeah, you're like, how? They're impressed with me. That's like, how, how they I... get you. Yeah. Well, so... It's like a 10% physical battle. Yeah. And the rest is like, well, I can't Mental, quit. Everyone's yeah. thinking the same thing. Yeah, so it was really interesting. So I ended up like, that's essentially how I got sucked into it. Um, and then from there, it was like knowing that I had such a support team behind me, like I was the newbie. I was yeah. like making mistakes left, right and center, but nobody getting out of that boat said, you don't belong here. Right. And that was probably the most like important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and from there, I didn't really care like, you know, how well I did the next time. Obviously I'm trying to get better and whatever, but I knew that no matter what happened, they were not going to put me down for it. Right, and having that team um, was something that I didn't expect in that sense. Um, so, you know, I made a lot of new connections, I met a lot of new people, mm -hmm. but none of them made me feel like I didn't belong there, even though I was a new person and I didn't know a lot. Right, and, and these are people that had just, you know, they were prepping for nationals essentially. Um, and I was coming in like, I, I had no idea what I was doing, I was learning as I went, mm -hmm. and they were all super helpful. Um, so then, you know, going in as we got, you know, more into the season, they realized how much I was improving. And I mean, gymnastics help with that, right? Because not only is it, like you said, a, a physical sport, it's also mental. So yeah. having that, being able to push myself there, but also like the strength to, to continue with endurance and stuff. Right. So, um, so it helped me kind of gain that confidence, I think as well. Um, and then I ended up in the front seat, which is the stroke seat. And you have to keep time, so oh, that was, you set uh, that pace. was tough, yeah. Oh. So I was lucky enough to, like I'm usually with the same partner all the time, um, and she's phenomenal, but I learned a lot from her. Um, and then from there, I kept getting complimented on like how well I was, or how fast I was learning, and mm -hmm. how well we were doing, and whatever, so that I just that's kind of been my seat since then. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been really, really great. And then this year, again, obviously, we the team changed a little bit, um, but I carried into the competitive season and we raced in Sudbury and mm -hmm. did really well. Um, and then we're racing in Toronto in a few weeks, but it Nationals? was, no, just, um, the like provincial. Oh, okay. Races, my yeah. Sorry. I um, misread my dad's calendar. <laughs> <laughs> no, he like, no? Nash, they, they had. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So Hard we had that race, so but even the Sudbury race, it was funny because I remember like, I mean, my team initially, my tutor hockey team did really well. We all worked really well together. I made lots of good connections, but our time was like almost, I don't know what 30 or 40 seconds longer than what this now, this team does now. Right. So like in That's our, boat, yeah. So in our boat, we'll hit a certain time and they're like, come on guys, you can do better. Whereas in my first boat, it was like, oh, you know, we got like just over two and a half minutes. We're good. Like we got it. Whereas this boat's like, you're on, you're over two minutes. Like, come on, you can push it. You can push yeah. it. So it was so funny seeing that because comparing the times, right? Where the Sudbury Festival this year, we were second out of the entire festival. So like our time, it wasn't just like second in our heat. It was like right. second in the entire festival. Second um, best boat. Which water. was, yeah, exactly. Right. Which was something that I wasn't expecting. 
Right. Um, and then looking at our times, like I compared the times from the first year that I did it, mm -hmm. and like we did well for our heat, but we were like the lowest heat, right? And I didn't really know that, like coming into the sport new, I didn't really know how it worked and whatever. But then seeing the difference and being so proud of like how far we've come in just a year, right? right? So cool. that's really cool. And so I've actually like I got um, a few friends into it, and like they've stayed with it. And nice. then my my one friend joined this year and she now again she's part of the team now right and she said the same thing like she joined it kind of based on knowing that it was you know a good sport and a good team mm -hmm. and whatever but didn't expect to be as welcomed as she was um, and now she's made other connections like outside of this mm -hmm. and whatever um, and cool. you know she had a friend ask her if our team has room mm -hmm. on it for next year because her friend's team didn't get along well, right? And, and my friend's like, oh, I've never had that experience with this team and whatever, yeah. so. Nice. Yeah, so it's one of those things that I would definitely recommend, like, everybody try, even if you don't like it or you don't stick mm -hmm. with it. But I definitely have learned a lot about myself and about team dynamics, essentially, and whatever, so it's been really fun. <laughs> so with that being said, which do you prefer now? Team, being a member of a team, you know why this is going for sure. <laughs> or competing solo as a solo athlete. That's tough because it's two different sports. Yeah. Um, I really like. I love the sport of gymnastics and mm -hmm. learning the skills and being able to, you know, throw your body in ways that you didn't know possible and essentially yeah. defy gravity. So I want to back. You're defying gravity yeah. in that sense. Oh, be a ninja. Exactly, but the the team and the camaraderie that you have especially when you're in a boat and you're relying on other people, right? And I mean that, I can't speak for every team because right. I'm sure every, not every Dragon Boat team gets along as well as our team does. Mm -hmm. um, but knowing that, you know, those 20 other, we have more than 20 people on our team and yeah. th they have my back no matter what, right? And even coming back from nationals, the like the weekend I came back, they were like, oh, how do you do? And how'd it go? And did you find it? So they're interested in not only what's going on in practice, but you know, life outside of that. Right. They care about um, you. Exactly. Not so much you as a member of the, like the but portion the, of you that commits to the team, but exactly. you as a, okay. Yeah, so That's I think sport-wise, like I enjoy doing what I did for gymnastics and like learning all those skills, mm -hmm. um, but I do enjoy the team aspect as well. So I think it's not really comparable in a sense, but at the same time, I'd rather compete with a team than solo, okay. um, but, not to say that I didn't enjoy competing individually and, and gaining that confidence in yourself and you know right. having the coaches that I did and things like that. So cool. What about so that's a tricky one, you're right, to compare. But what about during the time of like say game day, competition day? What's that what's what's that like in comparison? Versus like you're competing as a team, you show up, you say hi, you, hi high five all your teammates, yeah. chat, whatever, get in the boat, and it's go time. Or it's you, you have your music, you take the headphones off, take the sweater off, and you were Yeah. Um, it's more nerve-wracking going alone because yeah. you know that you're the only one really that can right. um, control what's going to happen, right? Uh, so definitely more nerve-wracking. It takes a lot more mental uh, strength just to get out there alone and know that there is everybody watching you. Uh, but at the same time, with the team, you don't want to let them down, right? And so, and knowing that you have no control over what's gonna, what the people behind you or in front of you are gonna do, mm -hmm. you have to be able to 
work with that, right? Whatever happens, like right. um, if you know you get too much water in the boat, or if you're someone like if you clash paddles with somebody or whatever, you have to be able to recover from that. So yeah. you definitely learn a lot quicker, I think, in that sense um, when you are relying on you know 20 other people, but also having you know the confidence to go out there alone and mm -hmm. do you know whatever you've trained to do is important as well. So. I get so nervous doing this. I don't usually, like, I don't get nervous a lot. I mean, doing masking and stuff I did, but, like, I speak in front of people my entire career, right. so. That's why I was like, ah, she'll be fine. I was like, did I mention that there's a video too? <laughs> ah, she'll be all right, teacher. So, an educator. So, with such of a busy schedule that you have, how do you stay, you mentioned the discipline aspect, it's how you kind of keep going, but, on the days that are difficult and the days that like you just don't feel like it how do you stay motivated and focused like what's the when you look at like oh money anything like mm -hmm. i'm just curious about that um i think it takes a lot of personal perseverance i guess to kind of work through that mm -hmm. stage of not being motivated um having the right people around you is important as well um, being able to, like, I guess, feed off of their energy um, and, you know, trying to find things that keep you going. Um, if you do get run down, knowing when you're getting run down um, and how to fix it or how to, you know, gain your energy back. Yeah. Even if it's just like taking a nap or, um, you know, watching an episode of something and then right. getting back into it or whatever. Just like, spacing out. Exactly, right? And, and there's, like even myself, I can't, I'm not just go, go, go all the time. Yes, for the most part I am, but mm -hmm. you'll hit roadblocks, right? And you'll hit walls and you just need to keep trekking essentially and find something that will, um, you know, distract you for a little bit and then get you back on track. Right. Um, and finding that motivation is, oh, I mean, mostly it just comes from within. True. And it, it's tough um, at times, especially when you don't want to, do anything that day or you mm -hmm. you feel like everything's just piling up and you don't know um, you know how to get through it um, I mean I sometimes will just make to-do lists and like put things that you can check off easily right like if it's clean the dishwasher or something you empty the dishwasher and then you check that off and it's done so then you feel more motivated in that sense right where it's little things um, putting really big tasks on there that you know are going to take you a week gets you know kind of demotivating essentially right where mm -hmm. you're like okay well I'm never gonna get that done so then you just get defeated but having little things or breaking it into pieces or like when I have assignments due I'll do like an outline and then that's done and then I go back I do something later and write like a paragraph and then I come back to it and so breaking up that way sometimes too where it's little pieces rather than huge things at the same time so question for you um, do you make your bed every morning I try to, yes. <laughs> Doesn't always happen. But I know there's like, I saw a video of like a, a drill sergeant or something. Yeah, the Navy like, SEAL gives yeah, yeah, like, that's why I always ask everybody. Yeah. Like, Question for you Are you the type of person to make your bed? <laughs> yeah, I try. Doesn't always yeah. happen. And my life um, is sometimes a mess right. in that sense. But. Um, I mean, when, and I try, like, whenever we go to competitions and stuff and we're in hotel rooms, like, I try to actually make the bed so that I know that, you know, you come back and 
no matter what happened that day, like you again have something to like that's already made in you. That's yeah, kind of your first task of the day. Yeah, um, but I find like when I go to competitions, yeah. it puts me in like a good mood to know that everything is like good. You're not rushing. You're, you're controlling what you yeah, can control. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Whereas here, it's a little bit like if you have to be at work and you're running late, like. Yeah. Chill on the yeah, right? yeah. So I can okay. understand where that yeah. comes from. Cool. Um, and I completely agree with that of like, you then have somewhere to, yeah. you know, it's made and it's clean it's, and whatever. Yeah, like the philosophy um, of having like little tasks. Exactly. Yeah. And getting yeah. them done yeah. as soon as you can. Right. And like, I actually have, what was it? It started a few years ago for like a new year's resolution where my friend had like shared it on Facebook or something. It was so, it was such like a, an easy thing to do. And it was anything that can get done in five seconds or less, do it right away. And that like, that was so important to me. So like if it came down to putting the dish in the dishwasher rather than in the sink, or if it came to like throwing your clothes, starting the wash, right? Even throwing the clothes in the wash, turning it on and then leaving, yeah, right? Like, or transferring them from the washer to the dryer or folding a towel, like anything that can be done in five seconds or less, do it. Right. And it was like that alone changed part of that perspective. Right. Of mm -hmm. like, um, even, I don't know, recently it was like, um, I don't remember what, what it was, but I remember thinking like, if I don't do this now, I'm not going to do it. But then I had like almost walked away from it, mm -hmm. but then I did it right there and it was done in five right. seconds. Right. So it then yeah. kept like, say it was putting a pen away or something. Right. right? It's like, that's if you can sweet. do it, then get it done in five seconds, right? And right. it's so simple. And that alone, like, helped me to kind of stay on top of things. Um, even, like, assignments. If I can get it done in half an hour, why am I not doing it now if I have that extra half hour, right? And that's kind of, <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, and so uh, okay. that kind of changed my perspective of, yes, you could have downtime and you could waste your time watching TV or something. But mm -hmm. if you're going to spend a half hour watching TV and then stress about the other stuff that you have While to do. While you're watching that. Yeah, I don't understand So that. do the stuff that I takes you a half hour. And then when you're done and you think that you've accomplished, you know, as much as you can at that point, mm -hmm. then take your half hour, like another half hour and watch TV or something. But right. I find like if I take that downtime, sometimes I stress about what needs to get done. Yeah, and then it's counterproductive. Exactly, right? Sure. So if, you, if it can be done in five seconds or less, do it. If it can be done right? in five seconds or less, do it. <laughs> it's gonna be its own little like lesson yeah. learning clip yeah. on Instagram for. Alright, that's sick. <laughs> so going back to what you mentioned, uh, in the how you stay focused and everything, you mentioned finding like it's all about and my last guest, George, showed it to him. He mentioned like everything's about having the right people around you. And you just mentioned it, and having the right people around you really you found makes a difference for you in terms of being motivated because you're not being brought down, you're being yeah. lifted up and like your body can adapt mm -hmm. to your crazy schedule. Mm -hmm. That's what I don't think people understand. It's like, yes. hey, your body, like when I was, I started training at uh, this uh, gym that's like connected to the jujitsu gym. So now it's, I trained with the fitness center there and the guy, shout out to Mitch, he was um, explaining that like, he's like, if you do, if you work out for an hour and a half and then you do jujitsu for an hour and a half, you're going to be exhausted. You're going to be sore. It's going to suck. But your body over time will, like your body's supposed to adapt to high stress situations so that if you put yourself through that, then once you go through your body over a certain amount of time, it becomes not just resilient. like, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. resilient for it. It's not just a habit. It's yeah. now a lifestyle yeah. and your body's now elevated to that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, well, even um, like for, even for Dragon Boat or whatever, one of the quotes that I like is it 
right now it's tough, but soon it'll be your warm up. Right. Right? Like on. even the seven yeah. minutes of paddling that I did with the first yeah. time that I it was their warm up. Team. Yeah. It was their warm up and it's now my warm up. I do ten nice. minutes of the warm up. Right? But oh. a year ago that was tough for me. Right. Right? I mean it, it gets tough and, and not to say that it's not hard, but that was not like if someone right now was to pull me you know, and, and say, go do 10 minutes of paddling, I'd be like, sure, why not? Yeah. But a year ago, when I first started with a competitive team, and they had said that to me, I probably yeah. would have fainted, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah like, I've never done this. Exactly. I'm good. Right? So yeah. it, it will become yeah, your warm-up, essentially. Right. I was, out, uh, I was watching this one where, like, this guy mentioned in this uh, other interview, I can't remember the name of the uh, episode, but... He was talking that his dad would always tell him, he's like, yo, when you're going through, like, the difficult part of, part of training or that, like, moment where you're like, ah, I should just leave, <laughs> you know? Because we all have that. Like, it happens, but it's, yeah. like, every single day, I'll show up and be like, I really want to train today. Yeah. It's just telling that voice to, like, take a hike, mm -hmm. I find. But he was like, if someone lines, like, if you go through it, like, as you're going through it, just understand it will be over. Like, it will end. It doesn't go on forever. <laughs> and then when you're done, you're like, oh, I did that. I feel, you'll ne I've never heard anyone regret, like, say that they regret. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't, I'm, yeah. like, dumbfounded by the people who don't, like, understand why or don't physically, who aren't physically active. I don't. I can't <laughs> comprehend it. I mean, yeah. like right now, it's driving my brain. Yeah. Well, even like going for a walk or something rather than just sitting down. Yeah, it's right. True. Or, or like my friend likes to say, <laughs> doesn't matter how fast you go, you're still laughing everybody on the couch. Right. Right. Like if you're running, because I went running with him, but he is like he's really tall, so he has really long legs, yeah. and I was like, you can go your pace, but like yeah. I'm gonna be a lot slower. He's like, but it doesn't matter how fast you go, you're yeah. still laughing everybody. That's sweet. That's a good. On the couch, right? So right, he's not like, oh come on, yeah. That's exactly. Sweet. Right. Good so people. it's one of those things where. Um, you kind of think of it that way and even if you don't beat your time like say you're you know trying to set a time for a 5k or whatever and True. you don't beat that time but you still worked out and you still you know did something rather than sitting down or mm -hmm. whatever so right interesting so question for you then is how do you find the right people to be around and stuff because i find a lot of people grow up and it's they either get lucky like myself and you from what you're saying or they get unlucky mm -hmm. and they don't have that support system. How would you go about finding the right people to surround yourself with? I think it does come down to environment. Um, like I didn't know, I didn't come to Sudbury with anybody when I moved from from uh, from home, but I met a lot of people here that mm -hmm. were in the same boat, right? You come five hours north and yeah. there's lots that you, essentially you have to get used to, right? And sure. you kind of stick to the people that you think are going to help you adjust to that. Um, I don't know, like you can't really control who you're going to be mm -hmm. around in that sense. Um, but making sure that, you know, if they're doing things that are against your moral code or whatever, then finding a different group, right? And, yeah. and a lot of times, especially, um, you know, working with, with kids or teenagers, you see them get sucked into these you know, bad influences, and if they have enough of a, you know, essentially a knowledge to pull themselves out of that, mm -hmm. then they'll find other people that can be good influences right. rather than poor influences. So I think it, not only does it come down to, um, like, where you're, where you are and who you're with, 
it also comes down to knowing how much self-respect you have for your, essentially to pull yourself out of bad situations like that, right? Mm -hmm. Where there are people that are not as fortunate as we have been. Um, but I have a lot of friends that weren't that fortunate growing up, but they were able to pull themselves out of those situations, mm -hmm. right? And that just came from how strong you are mentally, how, you know, the willingness that you have to get through that, right? right? Um, and they wanted to pull themselves out and they found ways to do that, whether it was through help, um, like professional help or, you know, relying on people or, you know, changing the mindset of, um, you know, I should be, I want to be doing this, but I should be doing this. Mm -hmm. And so following the should be and not want to do right. that kind of thing. Um, so I think you don't really have control over who's around you, but knowing who you kind of can rely on or figuring that out as soon as you can, right? Because yes, mm -hmm. you, you want to meet new people, you want to get to know them, but if you start to get to know them and realize that they don't share the same values as you, mm -hmm. then having enough self-respect self to essentially, you know, kindly remove yeah. yourself from that situation. True, okay. Okay, so, Ali, <laughs> hello. Have you done any cool trips in your lifetime so far? I did go to Austria and Germany in grade 11 with my music department. Um, in high school, I did music and theater all throughout like uh, high school and university. So it was really cool. We did um, the like Sound of Music tour. So we got to see like the Von Trapp house. Um, yeah, it was really cool. It was cool. huge. Uh, we toured a salt mine. Um, we went to like different concerts and um, different museums and whatnot as well. So there, I really hope to go back one day because I loved it there. Um, and I find pictures that I had taken and like, you know, remember how much fun I had and whatnot. Um, it was a really, really cool trip. Uh, but I mean, I haven't been anywhere other than that. I mean, I would love to have time to travel right. and, and yeah, it's just not in the too, schedule right? life yeah. yet. Yeah, which yeah. hopefully it will be, um, but I really, really enjoyed that. So I think having the opportunity to travel mm -hmm. with my high school was really important. Yeah. Are you glad that you had an experience like that when you were younger? Because I know, I mean, I didn't go anywhere when I was young until like as soon as I graduated college and then I just went to South America, Europe. Just yeah, I think, I mean, I had the advantage of it being planned, like the itinerary was all yeah, planned. Um, there was a group, I knew who I was with, everything like that. So I did enjoy going with them and I think it's great that they offer these kinds of opportunities because a lot of people wouldn't get to go on their own after university or college or whatever, just finances and whatnot. Um, but I mean, I do wish that, I'm sure there's a lot of things that I don't remember about it um, or that I didn't appreciate to the same extent as I would now. Um, so I think going, you know, in adulthood as well might yeah. help um, and you also have different friends when you're then right like yeah, so true. the people that I went with in, in high school I maybe was close friends with like one or two of them but not super close with, with the rest of them and you do make those connections as you go um, but if I was to plan a trip now it would be with people that you know I've been friends with for a long time yeah. at this point or that I think would you know enjoy it as much as I do or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you kind of, that's, cool. that's the advantage of going adulthood is that you can pick who you go with whereas if it's with yeah, you your schools, control. exactly. It's whoever signs up for it or whatever, right? right? So. That's pretty sweet. Did you go to Vienna? Is that what mm -hmm. you, yeah, nice. Um, yeah, we went to Vienna. 
Um, we saw the Vienna Boys Choir. That was cool. Um, and we saw one of the concentration camps, which was really eye-opening. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, so that was um, terrifying and very... Um, I don't know. It's It was like yeah, scared was because you could feel the energy, mm -hmm. um, but you also feel very lucky that you didn't like, experience like that. that. Yeah. Exactly, right? Wow. So um, that was, you know, one of the more like, it, yeah, it was crazy. And, and we got to see a lot of what went on and, or not <coughs> see it, but like, you know, we saw the pits and you saw like where the prisoners were held and things like that. So. Um, it was really sad, but you also mm -hmm. gained kind of a new appreciation for mm -hmm. the life that you had sure. or that you have, right? So um, I don't remember exactly like the other places that we went, um, but we did get to see one of the concentration camps. So that was uh, really interesting. And it was like a walkthrough style? Yeah, they had, I mean, they had like things blocked off, but you could yeah. still see with glass and whatnot. Um, so we saw like the gas chambers and we saw like the pits where they would keep all the the people and yeah So it was Yeah, it was really eye-opening um, But you definitely gain a new appreciation for what you mm -hmm. have um, And the fact that you didn't go through that and you you know hearing stories from other people that did go through that you kind of you understand it a little bit more yeah. because you can see what they went through did you, you just read those stories or did you? Yeah, yeah, and there was a tour guide. Um, okay. So the tour guide would like kind of tell us about things that would happen um, cool. and different locations and like what would go on in those mm -hmm. locations and things. So um, it was really, really interesting. Um, and I remember because I did theater all through university as well, um, the one thing like, because I had the experience of going to the concentration camp, mm -hmm. we, for one of my classes, we actually read a play uh, called Bent, and it was um, essentially about these, like, I don't remember it essentially word for word, but um, it was about the two characters, it's only two people in the play, um, and they end up getting captured, so they're in a concentration camp. Um, one of them is Jewish, and one of them is gay, and the one who, sorry, well, they're both gay, but um, One's just one is Jewish uh, and gay, and the other one, I believe, is, is gay. Um, but the one of them only tells them that he's gay. Sorry, only tells them that he's Jewish. He refuses mm. to say that he's gay. The other one says that he's gay and gets tortured more, right? And so it's this whole battle between identity, right? Because yeah. you internally you want to be proud of who you are and who you identify as, but knowing that you're going to get tortured for it, yeah, like, it came down to this whole, you know, essentially it was like a monologue or a, I guess between the two of them, right? Yeah. And then um, it was like super like gut-wrenching and because I had been to the concentration camp, it was like, it oh my gosh, yeah. I know exactly what, what this would have been like. Um, and it was, it was saddening to know that this one character refused to identify fully as who he was because he was afraid of what was going to happen to him. Right? But then the other one was very proud of it. He, you know, he, he openly admitted right. it and they treated him horribly or more horribly than they did mm -hmm. the first one. Um, but he wasn't ashamed oh, of it. 
right? And then you look at kind of the society that we have now and people not being ashamed of who they are. And I'm a big advocate for that, especially yeah, in, um, especially in a sport with youth and, you know, them being proud of who they are, what they do, things like that. And, you know, reading a play like that, that was probably the one that has stuck out with me the most from that course. That I, like I mean, there's a lot that we read. There's a lot, you know, that I've yeah. encountered as I've been in, in theater, but that alone is like, probably the only one that I had read and I was like almost crying by the end of it. Yeah. It really hit hard and then having the experience of going to the concentration camp was like, oh my gosh. Hit home. Yeah, right. Oh so but I would definitely like if oh. anyone really likes reading theater or reading plays, like read it. It's Bent. phenomenal. Bent, yeah. B E N T. Yeah, it's phenomenal and it's essentially a battle between identity. Right, and these two people who are gay and Jewish and one only identifies as Jewish because he doesn't <laughs> want to be you know, he knows what's coming to him yeah. if he identifies as gay as well. So, yeah, it was gut-wrenching. And having a lot of friends that are not ashamed of their identity, right? right? And and being in class with them yeah. and, and seeing how essentially that would have, their life would be so different if they had grown up in that era, mm -hmm. right? Or in that area of the world, oh, right? And yeah. so, yeah, sorry to like, I can literally <laughs> only, I that. can't even imagine <laughs> yeah. what that's like, because like, <laughs> I've been, because uh, did you go to Berlin? No. No? No. Because I know there was like, I think it was like cool like, tombstones, with, like uh, statues that like represented. Yes. And in Berlin, like these giant ones, my friend James and I, when we were in Berlin, we saw them, we were like, I was like, because everyone's like, oh, this many like Jews died in the, in the war. I'm like, huh? And then you see, actually, and I'm like, this is the stupidest amount. Rose, yeah. And it's that was just there, and then there's yeah. other places around the world. And yeah. I can only imagine, but that stuff really like that specific time frame really fascinates me for some yeah. reason. It's yeah. just every time I read or like listen to anything about it or watch any videos, it's just. Yeah, yeah. My mind. I don't know if like you like reading plays, but even if you don't, I would definitely recommend yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it I have, sure. I think I might have it actually if you like wanted a copy of it, but yeah, please. Um, it's like phenomenal. And I just like having that experience. And like you said, you saw the graves of those people, right? And so having, you know, reading something like this and knowing that that's the era that it happened yeah. in. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I had no... Yeah. So. Oh my. <laughs> crazy. That's intense. That's <laughs> yeah. perfect. Oh my. Yeah. No. Please. I definitely. I'll take try to find that for you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Phenomenal. Jeez. That's intense. I had a. What was it? It was recently. I feel like. A friend of mine. When they mentioned. Like they mentioned the term swastika, like to swastika, reference. Yeah. yeah. To reference something that was like sounds similar. Like oh I don't know like came swastika. Like it's like hold on a second. What do you know about that yeah. time frame yeah. and that, like, what went on? It's like there are people who weren't even as bad as Hitler who did some pretty, like, and then I dropped like a few things like this person, like this is how, or like they torture twin one twin to see if the other would feel a certain yeah. way, or like, oh, like you have blue eyes and like I have brown eyes, oh let's take some blue ink and inject it in my eyes to see if we can. Like, that wasn't even the ringleader. Yeah. So, and I can only like, and I'm only reading this, so I can't, I can't even fathom going like, what that would be like. It's yeah. so fascinating. Yeah. It's, and it makes you appreciate oh, 
that you didn't go through stuff like that. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And you kind of have a new view on yeah. everything, right? And so, yes, we have tough times in our lives and whatever, but if they can go through stuff like that and come out from that and learn from that, then why can we not overcome our battles, right? right. So it's, it definitely gave me a new perspective, for sure. So switching topics to a more uh, <laughs> light topic, please. Um, where do you find time and how strict, or we'll stick with one question, how strict do you find your sleep schedule? Based off how do you deal with it, how long do you need in terms of recovery, how serious it is? Do you just get to your bed and you're like... Um, I actually usually have a really hard time falling asleep. Um, I sleep maybe six hours at that. Um, not a lot. Because <laughs> I'm not in bed until like at least 1am and then yeah. I'm up by six depending. Yeah. Um, so it just depends on like what the day is and yeah. what my schedule is that day. Um, I'm not, I mean, I'll stay up as late as I can. I also don't mind waking up, like I don't like getting out of bed, but like once I'm up and yeah, whatever, I'm like, yeah, you're whatever, good to go. I, yeah, I'm good to go, right? So it's not like I dread getting out of bed or anything mm -hmm. if I haven't slept a lot. Um, I just try to find ways to like keep going and whatever, right? So I don't drink coffee, so that was uh, something I am proud oh, to say that I got through five years. Yeah, good for you. It's not going to start now, so... Yeah, no, I find once you're at that point, it's like you're either yeah. drinking all the time or not at all. Yeah, exactly. But instead of like me, when I was in my last year of college, I would walk to Tim Hortons at 3 in the morning, oh get like gosh. an extra large French vanilla, <laughs> and leave. You probably wouldn't do that. You'd be like, yeah. I'm good with this glass Yeah, I did pull small nighters, but that was <laughs> times that I cannot imagine doing that now, because yeah. I was in university and a lot younger, and probably can't do it now, but... <laughs> So do you have a like morning and evening routine? Um, I usually shower in the morning and then I just like get up, get ready, walk my dog, whatever. Um, and then in the evening I'm not usually home till after nine. Okay. So it's like make dinner then or have dinner like made and then I eat it throughout the day or whenever I can find time. Okay. Um, usually then I'll get like work done or homework or whatever I have yeah. to do. So it doesn't usually happen until after nine, Stuff that's which like is why I'm up so late. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you, yeah, okay. So like there's not nothing too like concrete, like you get no, dressed, I don't you have this much like water, you eat this much. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I wish I could be that organized to be honest. Yeah. Um, usually life, throws things at you that you don't expect. So like, yeah. even if I plan to be done a certain assignment by a certain time, it probably will take me longer anyway. Mm -hmm. So if I try to like schedule something in for like an hour after, it probably won't end up happening. Right. Okay. So I just try to realize that things will get done. I just have to yeah. pace myself. Okay. Um, yeah, but nothing well, like concrete. Yeah, no, nice, interesting. So we'll end it on this then. What's, do you have a specific lesson slash quote that like has stuck with you for a while or has stood out to you that's like, oh yeah, this is most applicable to me? Ooh, um, a lot of this question is I have a lot of quotes that I really nice. like. Um, What's your top three then? Just bang them Honestly, up. I have no idea. There's so many. Um, when I say quotes, what's your first one that comes to mind? From, well, it's from Rent, because I really like musicals. Um, forget regret or life is yours to miss. <laughs> so that's from one of the songs. Um, so if you regret anything, then you focus more on that than you do on whatever your future holds. 
You said forget, forget, forget regret. regret, or life is yours to miss. Miss. Okay. Um, Interesting. Nice. There's lo like a lot of. I love quotes. There's yeah, me so too. Sick. Like a lot of song quotes or um, ones from like musicals and things. Um, uh, what else? There's like a whole bunch. Oh, I guarantee they're gonna come to me after this. Yeah, I just send them my <laughs> way. I love yeah. quotes so much. Like, um, oh, what else? There's <laughs> today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. <laughs> so that one's a mouthful, but um, That's a good one. well, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because if you like, yeah, you I'll got, do it tomorrow. Today, but then yeah, you got to today. You were super worried about what was yeah. to come, but then you got through it, and you're fine. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's like a whole bunch of stuff, and a lot of them do come from like musicals and whatever, because that's like I really yeah. like watching those. Um, but I actually like use that's part of why I use social media too. Is I actually go through like you know quote pages yeah, and so stuff, and I find things, and that I mean it helps you realize that you're not the only one going through tough times. True. Right. Um, it helps you uh, relate to people. Yeah, exactly, and even if you don't realize but someone else has written that quote so clearly they were going through yeah going true through in a way nice. right um so yeah i have a whole bunch of them i can literally yeah just fire them off them. whenever they yeah. come up i'll be, so, I'll be like oh, to think okay. of them right now like nice. it's usually yeah. just a whole bunch like whatever's in that situation i'll right. have something that you know fits it or whatever so um, cool. yeah and i think just um or even leave oh this i like this one leave people better than you found them Leave people better than you found them. Yeah, that's what I try to like nice. live by. That that one is, I guess it, I don't know why it didn't come to me sooner. I think that's a good quote to end on. So <laughs> leave people better than when you found them. All right. Well, I definitely feel <laughs> left better. So, uh, Ali, appreciate your time. <laughs> Thank very you. Much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. We'll let you uh, get that assignment done for Wednesday. Yep. <laughs> so, awesome.